Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Tristan here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond. I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? How's it going? Hello, Tristan. And back in studio again. Yeah, I mean, that's been most of our shows lately, right? Yeah, I like it. It's nice to to be out of the house. And hopefully it sounds okay. We're trying to tweak it a little bit. Always tweaking for that perfect sound. I mean, I do public address at McBray Arena, so I'm pretty used to shitty sound. And it's funny, we've got this uh, older fellow who's working maintenance for us at Galaxy Clifford. He's a real good guy, but he's a you know 66-year-old dude setting his ways. And I don't think Cliff will ever listen to this. And Cliff, if you do, and I'm about to insult you, I apologize. <laughs> Cliff is what I would uh, refer to as a busybody. Yeah, Cliff is in everybody's business. He means well, but he's always in everybody's business. So he's going to insist on telling me how to make He's been going to the basketball games. I gave him tickets, and he's been going, which is cool. He and his wife, Connie. But he's going to insist on telling me. Now, two years he's been going to these basketball games. I've been doing this since 2009, so 13 years. And he's going to tell me how to fix McBray Arena. Ray, you need to put a sock on your microphone, and you need to. I'm like, Cliff. It's the fucking building. It's got a wooden, you know, it's it's a wooden roof that sounds, we can't understand. No shit, Cliff, because there's a great story told about Billy Joel, because that arena opened in 62, and Billy Joel wasn't yet Billy Joel, if you know what I mean, and he was there in like 71, and he hit one note on his baby grand piano, looked up and said, uh-oh. Because he knew it right. was just going to sound like shit. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Put a sock on the mic. Cliff, put a sock in your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love unsolicited advice. Yeah, he is just that guy. He's a great guy. He's a, he's become a friend. He's a very good worker. But he is just what I would describe <laughs> as a busybody. And I've never said that to him, and it would probably insult him. But you know that person that just has to be in everybody else's business? Sure. Has to tell you how to do it? You yeah. Know? And there's a certain age you reach, right, where you just realize how little people want to hear you tell them anything. Yeah. Because, you know, at 25, you're like, oh, let me tell you, this is a great idea or a way to do that. And then, man, by like 30 years old, you're like, hey, don't give a fuck what I think about anything. Right. Yeah. Which is a nice realization because you save a lot of words. So uh, I'll set you up here, I guess, and uh, got a little sad beginning to the show, I think. Yeah. Set the mood. A really, really good friend of Galaxy, a very good friend of of mine. I didn't even know Donnie before I took the job. I knew of him because he was probably the most passionate bowler, if not in the entire, certainly in Richmond, if not the entire state of Kentucky. And Donnie was um, 52 years old and was coming, appropriately enough, from a bowling tournament in Louisville on Sunday and was actually behind the wheel with a fellow named Mike Taylor, also a bowler, and was stricken with a massive heart attack. 
Son of a bitch. And was DOA at Louisville Baptist Hospital. And Mike, I saw Mike last night because the league did bowl. We did a little present, uh, I would call it a presentation, acknowledgement of Donnie's passing and a moment of silence. And the league said, you know, he would he would want us to bowl. You know, that old cliche, but it is true. But Mike said, um, it was funny because Donnie was a left-hander and his nemesis was a seven pin, right, which sits on the on the uh, looking down on the left-hand side of the lane, like a 10-pin for righties. It's a tough pin, right? Because the ball might just move a little bit at the end. And and Mike said that he was giving Donnie a little bit of fun crap about having missed three seven-pins in the tournament. And if he'd have made them, they might have made the cut. And he said he just kind of clutched his chest and, and made sort of just a small sound. And Mike was like, come on, stop screwing around. And he realized he wasn't screwing around. They were heading towards the median. Mike was able to grab the wheel and get him back on the right side of the road. And then I guess, fortunately, Donnie's foot, sometimes people's foot gets stuck on the accelerator. Right. It had fallen off, so the vehicle was slowly slowing down. Yeah. And Mike was able to sort of get over the uh, console and, and, and hit the brake and, and get it to stop. He said Donnie was kind of shallowly breathing. He called 911. It took eight or ten minutes for them to get there. They couldn't find a pulse. Um, I think they did maybe shock him. And um, when they got him to the emergency room, he was DOA. Man, unbelievably yeah, sad. Was. And he think- was literally in there Friday. A funny story, we had a school group Friday. Donnie was off Friday, so he'd be there at noon ready to bowl. And we hadn't told him, so he's there at noon. All the lanes are taken up by 200 school kids. and But we were doing pizza for the kids, and he helped us out in the kitchen. Oh, he was nice. like, is there anything I can do? I was like, yeah, you want to run a few pizzas? Um, yeah, it was um, it was terrible. It still is terrible. There's actually going to be a no. I guess this will air on Friday. Uh, this is now Tuesday, Friday morning. There's going to be a service for him, and then we're going to. Um, and he also was an only child uh, with no children. He's got a stepson, but he had two aunts that he was close to, and they came yesterday. They had made the arrangements, and we're going to use Galaxy for a little get together Tuesday, uh, Friday afternoon at two o'clock. Very nice. People can come out and bowl and pay their tributes, and but it was really, really a shocker. He was a big rounder. We used to call him uh, uh, the round mound of knockdown. Nice. Donnie was carrying too much weight, which at the end of the day, I'm sure didn't help him. He loved his food. He loved bowling food and 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 Marvel. Uh, I know him and Dan used to commiserate Dan from Bad Wolf, where we are, about Marvel movies and so forth and Star Wars. Um, but yeah, he will be sorely, sorely missed. It sucks, sucks, man. And again, I think you know you said it right at the beginning, but it, it resonated with me. Fifty-two, young. young. That's young. Too young. Now, I don't know. Uh, now, Donnie had actually had bypass surgery in 2017. And Tristan, he had lost upwards of 100 pounds. It wasn't maybe quite that, but it was every bit of 80 to 90 pounds. And I said to Lucas, only within the past couple of months, I said, man, Donnie looks like he's put all that weight back. Yeah. You know? So he just loved food, man. He did love food. And he was going through a little personal strife. It was actually a divorce. And I think food was his comfort. And and at the end of the day, you know, I don't think there's going to be an autopsy. We don't actually know. I'm assuming it was everybody's assuming it was heart, you know. Um, But it was, um, you know, how much stress plays a role on those kind of things. Yeah. You don't know. Fuck, man. Just hate to hear it, you know. 
anybody yeah, he was one of the good guys. He was, he was a lot of fun. Always had a smile. He could be particular when he bowled. I mean, he was, you know, well, he led the league last year with a 232 average. Wow. Yeah, Donnie That's was pretty legit. He's a hell of a bowler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, house shot, you get used to it. But Donnie was a solid 220 bowler anywhere he went. Lefty. The the the, uh, the hefty lefty. That was the other thing we nice. used to call him. But he put the ball down the lane in a beautiful fashion and was very good about teaching you bowling. Uh, Mackenzie, who you've met, the young girl that everybody likes, the cute kid behind the counter. I'm sure I would know her if I you saw know, her. She's yeah. just very pleasant with customers and all. Oh, God, I called her on Sunday night because I called Jaeger. Matt said, somebody should probably call Mackenzie. He said, I'll do it. I said, no, nah, I better do it. And she was, and then when we did our little presentation last night before the league started, oh my goodness, she was a mess. Yeah. But uh, she, she really, uh, Donnie really taught her to bowl. Wow. You know, he gave he. We used to use him to give lessons because him and Lucas are probably the two best bowlers in the house, and they would they would have these conversations, Tristan, about bowling. And I'd be lost. They're talking about centers of gravity and flare and where the pin is placed and, you know, how the lane breaks down, how it transitions. And I'm just like, I'm out. You know, it's like two golfers talking about golf right. in really specific terms. Yeah. But there were only a few people in the house that really understood the game. According to Lucas, who knows as much about bowling as anybody, this side of Donnie. That's cool. And I didn't know Lucas uh, was into bowling like that. Oh, God. That's cool to know. That's really... I, mean, I don't know shit about bowling, and I've run a bowling center. Career, so yeah. I probably know least about bowling of any bowling center general manager. The only <laughs> thing I did in that place was I got good people like Lucas. Smart. Who knows bowling. Yeah. And um, that's what I said. I said, uh, I show up to work. Here's my three traits. I, I show up. I've brought good people in there. And Tristan, I'm a motherfucker on the phone. <laughs> because the phone presence is still important, man. I think so. When I took the job, I worked with these two young ladies who shall remain nameless who live literally shuddered when the phone rang it was like oh it was an intrusion yeah and i said look every time the phone rings it's a potential for money right i'm not saying every call is money but every call is a potential for money and and that really hasn't changed via the internet Correct. you know people still email uh, but a lot of phone calls still come to us yeah asking for prices have birthday party packages how to rent a room so on and so forth yeah, and, and not only do you have to answer the phone, but I mean, again, you could literally leave that call as somebody maybe considering a party, and then, you know, you get some kid that doesn't care and they half-ass answer your question. Man, they're going to take that exactly. money to somewhere else. Exactly, And we've Tristan. gotten away from that at my job. Exactly right. Nobody answers the phone. Oh, we don't no. have anybody at the front desk. No receptionist. So it becomes this thing where, yeah, you're calling a cameraman that's working on a story who's going to answer the phone. Couldn't care less. He's not going to handle that correctly. Right. And it just, again, it just drives you crazy. It's like pay somebody $13 an hour right. to sit at that front desk and, and meet people and greet people. And, you know, it's like pulling hair because it's such common sense. And to your point, somebody, you know, in my job where money is very important, you know, you want to handle clients and folks calling in and treat people really good. And to not have that type of presence is, is frustrating to say the least. So good for you for taking that on. And I hate to put everything in a generational term, Tristan, but it gets worse as you get younger. You know, the millennials, they don't, spend much time on the phone they don't That's see fair. the value of it yeah they have their phone manners are fucking awful yes and you know here's the old curmudgeon but i i'm telling you it helped turn that business around to have somebody polite answering the phone and um, answering your questions and i don't always more. love it you know sure. but you got to do it it's part of the job couldn't you agree can't more. be you know yeah yes yeah 
Yeah. Because I've admonished a few of them. It's like, you know, if I were the, to your point, if I'm the customer calling in and I just talk to you, I'd be like, fuck this place. Yeah, I had one yesterday. I, you know, just a dumb thing. I'm working on this Jeep uh, that actually I'm driving today, if you want to check it out. But uh, I was looking to buy some. You ever real- drive the same car for two weeks in a I row? I mean, I try not to. <laughs> the, the FBI will catch me if I do that. So. Uh, I was calling just about some some wheels for this company, like Tire Rack, I think was the name of the company. And, uh, you know, some 20-something-year-old kid. Couldn't give a rat's ass. Couldn't give a shit. He's, you know, probably working from home, making, you know, 15 bucks an hour. And I was like, well, what other options do you have if those won't work? I don't know, man. You'll just have to check the website. (laughs) Just like, oh, well, okay, well, there's no fucking way I'm going to buy anything from you. But, okay, thanks. Man, I hear that a lot. And that's another generational thing. I would never tell someone who I'm speaking to on the phone. Oh, it's, I hate to say it, I don't think he listens either. Lucas, love him to death, does the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's, well, it's all on the website. Well, fuck the website. You've got them here on the phone. Right. Take the 30 seconds to explain. If you want to say yeah. for, for, you know, clarification, it's on the website, that's fine. Sure. But don't just go, oh, it's a, you know, birthday party packs. Well, just look on the website. That's yeah. not going to be a satisfied customer on the other end of the right. phone. Somebody our age is going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'll call somebody that will take 30 <laughs> seconds and explain this Tell to me. me because I'm a busy person with money that I'm trying to give you. And if you don't have time for me, I don't have time for you. I uh, Every staff meeting. it's uh, Oh, and another thing is phone numbers. It's, it's the simplest thing. 100% of the time, get a phone number. I don't care that it's the guy trying to sell you a new roof. Just if you get a phone number from everybody, then I'm never going to get a note that says, you know, Trisden called. Well, what's Trisden? Oh, I didn't get his number. Right. Every time. Now, old Donna, who we lost to COVID sure. a year and a half ago, is the only person ever said, well, some people don't like to give numbers, right? <laughs> Tristan, I have probably asked for 10,000 phone numbers, and maybe one person told me one time they wouldn't give me their number, maybe, right. and I'm not even sure that's right. Yeah. People will give you their damn phone number. Agreed. Just ask for it. For sure. You know, you're not a telemarketer calling no. ask for a social security <laughs> yeah. number. You, yeah, to your point, you might catch one <laughs> lunatic at some yeah. point that's like, you're not going to get my yeah, number. But, but very, very, very rare but of course donna who was never wrong oh well a lot of people don't like giving no no donna that's just get a phone number yeah but no i think you know (laughs) i I often go to our republican friends at the chick-fil-a look there's still a way to treat people and do it right like look i'm not a big proponent of fast food or the way that the chick-fil-a you know spends their their budget necessarily but or their dislike of homosexuals correct but at the same time it's a hell of a sandwich and their politeness those and service kids are is, so is amazing nice. yes. you know you go honey would you like nine sauces no. why thank you now like, this just, why doesn't everybody adopt that model it does seem like common sense now this is how cynical our great friend matt yeager who i and i you said you were listening back to the shows and you thought your mic sounded a little low i listen back sometimes and realize and i've said this to you before I drop these names and assume everybody knows that's kind of the friendly nature of the show. But a lot somebody's just listening. Like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? So <laughs> Matt is a lifelong friend or, you know, an adult friend. I met, um, it's actually a funny story how I met him, but I won't digress. Um, but he, he, we, he and I worked together in radio. Radio stuck it, as Matt says, stuck it up our behinds and broke it off. So he wound up coming and he's always been a foodie and he's been working our kitchen for six or seven years. But this is how, and he's one of the most cynical, smartest and cynical people I know. He's like, that Chick-fil-A model is nothing but a, it's just a phony model. They take these young kids and they just mold them like robots. I'm like, whatever, man. No, they're completely fucking, agreed. They're service to you. It. Yes. yes. It's, it can't be beaten. Yes. You no, think I everybody don't. in Disney is, you don't think there's a lot of phonies in Disney, but it's a great experience. We all wear masks at our job. Right. Why not let that mask be a friendly, you know, smile 
be treat people rather than the go person. Rule it. You know, you can't have cigarettes anymore. But the woman with the butt hanging out of her mouth at the drive-through. Yeah, what can I do for you? No, we don't have. I mean, yes, they they kill you with kindness, and that's good. Yeah. Why do you think the Fake fucking line is I'll, always twice around the building? I'll tell you what. If my wife was faking it and was just nice to me like that all the time, it'd be great. Fine with me, buddy. <laughs> fine with me. I, I don't care if you mean I'm it get or you not. Fake it a little that's more. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. There's I don't care a good if you point. fake it in the bedroom. Just fake it socially <laughs> yeah. for me now and again. That's a great point. That's what I would say. And I will admit, I always tease people because, you know, I do think that the whole thing they got into with some of their social stances was a little weird. And I still think that sure. that Sunday closure helps their business as much as anything because the Christian folks are like, oh, it's cool. At the end of the day, it's a very good chicken sandwich. It is. And, and Lucas makes this point, who's a foodie, another guy I work with, um, and he's right about that. If you look at their sandwich, it's very little breading and a lot of chicken. Yeah. Most chicken sandwiches are loaded with breading and a little bit of chicken. Chick-fil-A is a hunk of chicken and a little bit of breading. Yeah, it's a good business model all the way around. Yeah. I mean, you're paying for it, which is fine. I think people are happy to pay a couple extra bucks for a good sandwich and good service versus dollar menu and people that treat you like a leper. Uh, yes, but those places have their place, and they're typically in college towns. I mean, one sure. of the reasons the Richmond Bypass looks like it does, my dad, when he was still alive and coming down and visiting from Jersey, used to call it Hamburger Alley. What's that over there on <laughs> Hamburger Alley? Which That's it is. Good. I mean, it's yeah. fucking Hamburger Alley. When you come off at exit 87 and drive towards campus, I mean, Tristan, what do you... Past 50 fast foods? Oh, my god! I always thought it would, would, it would have been a great radio stunt to start at Kroger and end at Meyer or vice versa. And you had to eat one thing from every fast food place. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, there's 50. Yeah. I, I don't think that's an exaggeration. You can get up to oh, 50. Man, there's so many. I mean, certainly if you're counting every place to eat, easily 50. But yeah. Yeah, like chain fast and, food restaurants. There's and, you know, dozens. it's not, uh, I mentioned the college, it's not a coincidence that Little Caesars is close to a college campus, Rallies is close to a college campus, Cookout. Those are all really shitty, cheap foods, but they have their place in a college town. Right. Because if you and I are roommates in a dorm and we can, you now Little Caesars now gone to six bucks, they don't have the five dollar oh anymore. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize but that. But we cobble together three bucks each and bring a Little Caesars back, we're done. That's it. That's a meal for three dollars. Yeah, that's And it doesn't nice. suck. No, and, and to my point on that, like you can have that Little Caesars business model and still treat people with respect and friendly. It doesn't cost any extra. Right. So why, like if you're a manager at Little Caesars, why don't why aren't your employees treating? And I'm not saying they don't. Right. But I think that's something you focus on. You answer that phone with a smile on your face. You greet people with a smile. Like, look, you're getting paid. You don't get to mope around because your girlfriend broke up with you. Like, you know, you're still at your job. Be friendly. It costs no extra money. Well, and again, everything is comparing, you know, apples to oranges and generations. I think that people my age, 60, you know, boomers, 55, 60 and up, we lived exactly that. You know, we were probably told by bosses, um, and this is a whole nother show. I think we touched on it a week or so ago. Um, nobody cares about your personal problems. You got a job to do. Well, now they do. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're having trouble with your girlfriend. Oh, that is too bad. You know, fuck <laughs> yeah. that. Get out there and do your job. Yeah. Now, Andrew, who we know, young, thin Andrew, who works in Great Tristan, kid. Tristan knows Great him well. Guy. Good kid. Now, he does get a little frat. So he works only three days a week, but his trade-off is two of those days are open to close, and one of them is Saturday. 
still a pretty good schedule because he only winds yeah. up hitting probably he's less than 40 hours and he makes a decent paycheck and he's only working three days a week he's got four days off but he is there That's nice. all day saturday yeah and this time of year where it's just so busy because it's winter and you know it's like the weather doesn't even make a difference people just get into mindsets it's january it's february you're going bowling you're going inside yeah and Saturdays right now are crazy. And there are nights where by 11 o'clock, he's had enough people and he gets a little frazzled. And I yeah. sort of get that. You've been there 12 hours, you know, that's a long stretch. It sucks. And that's a long stretch. But there is a point where no matter what, you're still, you can't roll your eyes when somebody wants another Listen up, Andrew. Shoes. Listen up, you know, Andrew. It is like, you know, you do lose customers that way. And we all, you do. And again, you, customers can push you to a point. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, somebody's sure. like, you know, go fuck yourself. Well, I'm sorry, sir. May I, you know, yeah. there, there is a point. Like, we've all hit that point. Must I, sir? Under normal, <laughs> under normal circumstances, though, you do still have to not roll your eyes, be respectful and friendly, and, and treat people, you know, the way you want to be treated. Now, uh, John, who works there as well, who's a, who's a real good kid, I've, I've, I've gotten to know them better than anybody because they're sort of the... So John, Andrew, McKenzie, because they sort of interact with us in the office. The other kids kind of are out there uh, working, not really in the office. John's very quiet, but he's, uh, he's, he's pretty deep. He is kind of a still waters run deep. And he tells a funny story. Andrew is, he's 30, but he could be 20, right? He probably doesn't yeah. garner a lot of respect from, you know, from people my age because he's got long hair and his earrings and, you know, his tie-dye sure. shirt. And this jag-off probably in his 50s is going off one day. And uh, Andrew is sort of the de facto manager on Saturdays. He's the night manager. And this guy tells Andrew to shut the fuck up. Oh, God. And then says to John, I want to talk to your manager. And John says, well, you can't. You just told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line. That is pretty good. Well, you must have been pretty pissed to tell him to shut People the fuck up. People can be assholes, man. You know, we they have like an hour, an hour and a half waiting list. And it's just, you know, it, it just can be miserable for them, for the customer. It's it, it's tough. There are, like Lucas says, there's about two or three months out of the year where you'd love to have 50 lanes instead of 32, you know, but we don't. Yeah. So we got to deal with the 32 and make it work. No doubt. Hey, so uh, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And you guys, it seems like just, and to your credit, you know, that. and I've, I've worked with Galaxy when I first started at Wallingford, which you, when you were with Wallingford, and to your credit and Lucas's credit, it's run really well now. It's nice to. Yeah, I appreciate and, that. And, and I think that goes even to, to you mentioned Matt, who, who runs your food, is just great. The food is Food so is surprisingly better. good, isn't it? it? The food is better than you'd expect. Yeah. Everything about what's going on over there. Like yeah. the arcade's better than you expect. Yeah. The pool room's better than you expect. I'm not here the to bar do is better than an you. ad for Galaxy. Sure. But and, it and is, they could, yeah, they it, could pay us a, for the ad. But it's a pretty good place. It is pretty nice. So yeah, credit to you and Lucas. Yeah. It's good People stuff. walk in and man, bowling alley and all of a sudden they get the, maybe one of the best burgers they've ever had. The pizza's solid. The tenders are good. Yeah. Even the salads. And you're like, oh, this fucking food is pretty That's good. That's it. No, no, if you guys didn't have a bowling alley and just had that over you know somewhere was just the restaurant i think it would sustain as a restaurant yeah because you yeah. know again it's hand-breaded chicken i know it sounds like a commercial but hand-breaded chicken tenders pizza that's surprisingly like way better than most chains yep. like in Uncle the charlie's uh, round yeah. hill beer cheese so we've got the local flavor it's, no it's it is so good, good. but so. it's funny tris and donna who i referenced earlier who we lost uh, a year ago december to covid she was my Jersey buddy. Donna had come down here, lived her whole life. Actually, was born in Pennsylvania, lived her whole life in Jersey. Her husband, Don, t Jersey guy. But they retired here because their daughter had come to Eastern to go to um, 
college and they uh, you know saw the area and they bought like 33 acres out on the Madison County urban line and it was very nice and we lost her to COVID she'd still be working for us <clears throat> she worked about 20 years give or take at Galaxy and 10 years her first 10 years she had seven general managers the longest wow. tenure was two years and the shortest was six months yeah and she had me for 10 years so she had seven general managers in 10 years and one general manager in 10 years and, and Lucas said just the other day he said you know by the end of her life she was finally getting there because for years she was still living in the mindset of this place is all fucked up and there's no money and right. we're losing money and, and, and you had to slowly bring her along and she was realizing oh it's not that place anymore you know but I think that shows it better than anything seven yeah. general managers there's no continuity everything is changing all the time well here's kind of a cool story about galaxy where you work and i don't even know if you know this but i'll i'll tell you this story briefly and you can say oh i did know that um when i first started at wallingford galaxy was a good account for me and they uh they it was never a phone deal they always wanted to meet face to face for their marketing bias but Interesting. what they did they brought in this hot shot like marketing guru from chicago uh caplow they would fly him? him in yeah. like twice a month like yeah. galaxy would pay to fly this yeah. marketing guy in and i was like man that seems like overkill so yeah. he would get you in there and he would like big league you like you'd be in a room like this and you're like this is what we want to do this is what we want to pay you know it was just such a you know it was like and you were brand new i was brand new it felt like you were in uh, i'm trying to think of the movie where alec baldwin comes in and he's telling everybody they suck at sales and, oh, uh, 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 not Tin Man. Um, um, they're selling aluminum siding. It was a David Babette. Uh, Glen Gary Glen Ross. Glengarry Glen yeah. yeah, it was very yeah. Glen Gary Glen Ross. Yeah. And, you know, he's just, you know, this is what we got to do. And we got to do it with this budget. And we, it was very, you know, it was very big league for somebody kind of semi-fresh out of college. That's and, funny. And, and to this day, like, I don't deal with anybody else like that. Would that, that have of, been around 05? Definitely around that 05. was Kaplow. That yeah. was, and that was a bad decision. It was, they had they, to be paying him a fortune just in flights from Chicago. And it was, um, they were paying him. I don't know about the flights, but they're paying him a thousand bucks a week. So 52 wow. grand a year. Yeah. And that was just one customer because their management was so shitty. They hired this consulting firm and I came to find out and I didn't take the job for another five years, but basically nothing at all got fixed. But what the owners were saying were, oh, expenses were down. Yeah. Because the lanes were running like shit because he wasn't putting a nickel into any maintenance, right. but he was making the bottom line look good. Yeah. It was not a good experiment. They had yeah. him there for about a year. But it was good experience for me, but yeah. Yeah, that's it was, crazy. It no, was I didn't weird. know that story. So, yeah, you come to the to, to the bowling alley in your office, and like the doors were that's funny. Then you're yeah, it was it was pretty pretty wild. And he was uh, he was that guy. He was kind of a big city, very big city. Which, which one is pink? Tie. Yeah, like you know. But he was a nice guy. Like I'm not saying he was a prick or anything, but it, you definitely felt like man, this is like a boardroom kind of real funny. legit atmosphere. That's funny. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So we've got to get to Biden. I mean, I just feel like um, if we don't talk about Biden's uh, classified documents, our, our right-wing friends will, will, will oh, throw us off a ledge. A absolutely terrible optic. I mean, there's no there's no way to make it look good if you're in his camp. I mean, it's just a terrible optic. And and yes, the situations may be different, and perhaps Trump ignored a subpoena, but it just if you're... Jim Jordan, Kevin McCarthy, Sean Hannity, you're just making the field day out of this. Yeah. I mean, but again, that's what politics is, right? Like, facts be damned. It's, of course. How does this look? And yeah. it does. It looks stupid. It looks um, inept. Yeah. You know, it, it's just. Well, and it looks hypocritical. It does. With all the shit that he said, you know, 
about Trump. It's awfully, you know, your words, everything's recorded. You know, yeah. your words come back. Right. They now, showed a clip again, on I think there there's a fair point to be made that Biden and Biden's team turned over their documents when they found them, to be Apparently, fair. Apparently, yes. Whereas you, you breezed past it, but there was a subpoena and right. a very substantial effort for months to get Trump's documents right. that he completely ignored. Right. So there is a difference there. Now, again, if we find in Biden's classified documents that he's got, you know, very sensitive material or for whatever reason, they were for malicious intent. 100% we hold his feet to the fire. I mean, it, yeah, it I agree. this is not a my team's better than your team. I right. mean, whoever's team's fucking up, let's hold him accountable. Well, we and you and I, I think to our credit, have always said that. You probably more so than me. I think the best point you've made is, you know what? I would like my guy, my woman to win. But if they don't, then I have to realize in two or four or six years, I get another shot. And hopefully I can win the next time. Not that, you know, the, the, the refs, you know, robbed me of it. The rules were, no, you fucking lost. Now you try and work on winning. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and by the same token, if... If your team fucks up, your team fucks up you too. Gotta, yeah, and you, you got to own wanna... that and say, what did we do wrong? And let's hold them accountable. Now, again, I think, you know, when you have two years of Benghazi hearings or two years of Hillary's emails, I mean, again, there's overkill on both sides. But you do have to get to the bottom of both of these. Like You do. You absolutely yeah. do. But there is a lot of vengefulness now and a lot oh, of a gotcha and pointing fingers. And, and now I, it did strike me. It's a little bit funny to listen to these Fox people talking about the, you know, just this horrific, um, uh, you know, faux pas by Biden and his people. This is just like the worst thing. Well, now you can't say that without realizing. Did you watch Meet the Press this week? I did, yeah. That Ron Johnson interview, which got a lot of press. I mean, him and Chuck Todd were going at they it. They were going at it. It was a good interview. But I thought it was a very fair question when he said, you're continuing to beat up Hunter Biden and continuing to tell us about this story, but you have no interest in Jared Kushner getting, what, a $2 billion loan right. from the Saudi government? Yeah. Not, why he's in the midst of negotiating? Nah, no problem with that. I mean, to your point that you just said. Goose and Gander. Look at both of them. That's Don't it. just tell me Hunter Biden's a piece of shit without looking at anything on the other side or vice versa. Yeah, and that's certainly one of the main problems with our parties, to be so tribal and to just, uh, we're only looking at my side because I feel like my side has a heart of gold, so if they do something wrong, it's an accident. Of Your course. side's evil, so if they do something wrong, it's malicious right. with ill intent. And no, I think we both, both sides have to be open. Like, there's a lot of money changing hands. There's a lot of things going on in politics. We should be keeping an eye on both sides. Boy, and that is just the way it is right now, isn't it? Your side is evil. My side just did a little whoops. And, well, yeah. and, and both sides do it. Yeah. Both sides do it. It's true. There is but again, just no doubt about it. I will reiterate my One point. One side seems to do it a little more. <laughs> well, not even that, but it, it does feel like there's a pretty big difference between being subpoenaed to give your classified documents back and saying, nah, I don't think so. I'm hanging on to these versus, oh, shit, we found these in the garage. Stupid. It's dumb. It's awful. But it wasn't like there was, oh, shit, burn them. We found these in the garage or hide them or don't give them back. It was a, hey, guys, we found these. We got to get them back. But do you think the average Fox listener cares? No. Cares no at all chance. about that nuance your no, word no chance right. it's you know trump did it biden did it and you know it was funny i was talking to an old guy i didn't even know the guy I actually was at berea pond this week nice enough fella but he was like you know he was he wanted to chat a little bit and engage because i was talking to aaron a little bit about it at berea pond and uh, the old guy said well you know the difference is is that uh trump was the president so he had the authority to do that and when biden did that he didn't which i just think well 
he didn't. He didn't have the authority to ignore subpoenas and no. you know and and hide stuff from you know the correct no. you know safely storing these things. So no. there, but there, but there is fault on both sides. But again, everybody's looking for a reason to give their team a pass and and hold the other guy's feet to the fire. And credit, I haven't really seen legal scholars speak about it. Lawrence Tribe or uh, Jonathan Turley, any of those people, but. Uh, Merrick Garland did appoint a special counsel immediately, uh, uh, immediately, and with the same language he used. With the same language right. he used, so that I guess maybe tramps down or stamps down a little bit, tamps down a little bit um, some of the Fox reaction. So if he doesn't do that, then they're all oh, okay. so it's so fake. His hands yeah. were, I don't know if they were tied or he just himself is a decent politician. You know, he saw the. He, he saw that it would probably be bad not to do it. You know, sure and. and I don't know, man. I know I am so biased against Trump, and, and, and I will be the first to admit that. And I say the same about myself. But it's, it sure felt like during Trump's four years in office, it was, I want loyalty at all costs. Right. And it certainly feels like with Merrick Garland and the Justice Department, at least there is the visual that there is an attempt to be nonpartisan Independent. in the position. Where there was not under Trump. Yeah, I would agree with that. And and when there and and to the credit of uh, attorney attorney generals under Trump, they took a lot of shit every time they did try to be nonpartisan. Right. You know, Trump would call him out on Twitter, call him out in the media. Sure. Oh, he's a coward. He, you sure. Know. So at least there's none of that going on right now. Yeah, I've made that point to my sister numerous times that yes, I am guilty of disliking Donald Trump. I thought he was a charlatan and a demagogue and. 2015, and I still think the same in 2023, and I don't think I was wrong in that analysis, but that doesn't mean I hate all things Republican or all things conservative. But boy, on that side, she doesn't get that. It's just anything proposed by somebody with a D after their name or a progressive, just she shits all over it. And then, I don't do that with Republicans and conservatives. I do no. do it with Trump. I think Trump needs to go away. I think yeah. he's been terrible for our country, and it's time for him to stand aside. But, you know. His ego doesn't allow that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think I just try to be so conscious of the fact that I do have a bias. So, you know, when I'm looking at these stories, I do know that I do have a bias. But I do. On the other hand, it's kind of like being an umpire when your kid's playing in a Little League game. You're probably going to overcompensate to make sure you don't look like the dad that's cheating for his son umpiring while you're playing while he's playing little league so i do try to go as as far as i can to the side of my friends on the right because i want to be as fair as possible and i don't want to be blinded to somebody doing something what do you think of this if my brother were here he would say but see tristan there's a difference you're a left of center person and you're you have enough introspection to say i realize i have some biases and i work to fight them People right of center or far right, they don't give a fuck about that. They don't even realize they have them. And if they do, they just ignore them because, again, their side's right. The other side's wrong. Yeah. And not that our side doesn't have those folks, but certainly where we're at in central Kentucky, we see a whole hell of a lot more of those guys on the right. Yeah. But again, it's back to the whole genesis of this show. Extreme. Oh, by the way, it's called Extreme Common Sense subtitle slightly off topic we generally come here with no real topic often it's a lot of politics but i think trizen and i now pushing maybe 70 episodes have tried to find some kind of middle ground realizing again to your point our biases that yes our politics lean left but certainly we have many friends who are republican a lot of respect for republicans uh, uh, trizen voted for our republican uh, house member andy barr um so Yes, good and bad on both sides. And, you know, um, there's crazy lefties, no doubt. 
But our Republican friends did take it up a notch on the 6th of January. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That was Antifa. (laughs) Yeah. It is hard to let that go, isn't it? No, it uh, it really is. And I think, you know, you're seeing, again, I see just enough uh, news, but it happened in another country. Brazil. So, I mean, we're watching, you're seeing what happened translate. Yeah. Now to well, other countries was, and other people that are mad that they lost. Mm-hmm. It's it it is horrible. Some of the things that that the Trump presidency has bought, brought into the zeitgeist. Now that we have to be concerned about. And it was interesting to watch Republicans interviewed because Chuck Todd asked Ron Johnson that on Meet the Press, and he poo pooed it. How do I know what's going on? Another guy. And Mike Pence, to his credit, said yes. It appears that America exports a lot of things, and not all of them good. Yeah. I, you know, I, Mike Pence, I could probably vote for that guy. My brother probably just drove off the road if he's listening <laughs> to this. But, you know, I've always liked the guy. I probably don't agree with much on him. But to the point you always make, you know, he's not going to pull the horse shit that Donald Trump pulled. Yeah. The only problem with Pence is he does have to answer for why he hitched his wagon to Trump. Yeah. Yeah, I think... You know, Mr. Con- Mr. Vice President, I give you an open uh, forum, but you got to tell me, you know, you're a, you're a wholesome guy. I think you'd always do the right thing. You did do the right thing. He, he stood he up did, to Trump did. and 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 didn't you know did certify the election. Was Trump right. was putting all that pressure on him? But why did you hit your wagon? You knew who this guy was in 2015. It was no surprise to you. No, everybody knew he was a shyster and a charlatan. Yeah, and again, I mean, it's that desire for that political fame and that desire to reach the you know the highest level of American politics that he would have maybe never gotten a chance to do. So, you know, you take the good with that and the bad. You knew going in who Donald Trump was, and he's a calculating person, as we all are. It's not sure. just a political calculation. I'm sure he prayed about it. He well, <laughs> he did, but uh, he saw like others that Trump was igniting. The fire under a certain segment of that, a large segment of the conservative party. And so why not take advantage of that and attach yourself to them? So I guess it's a rhetorical question, but you still got to be held account for it, man. Yes, there's some. And he's obviously running for president uh, in the next presidential election. But yeah, yeah, he's he's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to answer to. You know, the sane wing of the Republicans, I think, and how you could have let as much happen as you did without coming out. But again, that's a tough it's a tough spot. You're the vice president. You can't come out. I mean, really, and just say this fucking guy like this stuff is crazy. I mean, I'm sure behind closed doors. He's telling he's telling mother. Yeah. Oh, mother. You you know, this is worse than I thought. Right. So uh, I always said that about Mitch McConnell, man, when he was alone, either in the Senate chamber with his buddies, John Thune or Cornyn or with Elaine Chow, his wife, um, some of the shit that he had to say about (laughs) Trump over the years that they would never utter in public. And again, that's you could say, wow, that's a hypocrite. That's that's not only the game of politics, a game of life. Yeah. You can't tell liar, liar, Jim. You can't tell every person. Everything that you think. Sure. I, you and I can't come on this podcast and talk about our bosses, even though I'm sure we could do a couple shows about different things. But no, I mean, certain or things. Or your wife. Just, You're not going to say everything right. about your wife yeah, or yes. your You know, all the, of it. I yeah, mean, so yeah, often you, know. you and I have some great conversations where some things we just can't put out in, into the public. Right. So, And I'm sure, of course, that's the same, even if you're the vice president of the United States. I mean, we all do that. It's part of living. You know, you, yeah. you have to, you, you do have to get along with people after all. Sure. Um, and I, and to no. your point, I, I wouldn't be completely closed off to voting for Pence. I mean, there there are circumstances. Yeah, it would take where a lot. Would. For me, it, but it would I, take yeah. a ginormous. I do. I'll say this. I do think Mike Pence passes the neighbor test. I think he'd be a fine guy to live next to. I'm sure. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's not Rand Paul. <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's going to punch him in the face. Right. Which everybody blames that neighbor, but you've met Rand Paul. You know what? I've seen a lot. You of don't want to justify violence, Rand. but sure. No, you can see why he got punched in the face. I've met Rand. He's just not a very nice guy. <laughs> unfortunately, I wish he was. I, you know, I would like to add him to my list of when, Republican politicians that I enjoy, but I do not. I don't like his policy, and personally, also wasn't very nice. But we don't want to advocate violence here. No, of course not. But his neighbor did punch him in the face. So, oh, yeah, he was pretty cool. Um, well, at least a positive spin on something kind of cool. You know, my aunt, who's uh, Impossible Foods, yeah. we wanted to get on the show, maybe retiring and stepping down from her position this year. And one of the first things she told me was when she steps down, she will no longer have to get board approval for media. That's crazy. And would love to come on and have a chat with us. And the company's still doing well. Yeah, as far as I can tell, you know, companies just moving up and is it publicly uh, traded? Is the stock? I don't know. Not yet. It is they, not yet There was talk traded. of it going public last year, but I don't think it did. And yeah. if it did, I missed it. So. I think they're kind of the leader, right? Because it's certainly a movement that is has steam. It certainly yeah. feels like it, and I know they compete with um, with the Beyond Burger Beef, yes. whatever. Which yes, is, yes. You know, I, and to my aunt's credit, it's never a competition. I mean, they feel like if what they're doing is helping. Uh, curb global warming and you know do the right thing she's all for you know as many competitors as possible it's very less about money to them and more about what they're trying to accomplish globally so these really are progressive folks oh unbelievably so yeah and you know yeah i could i could talk for for days i mean they're just really really good folks better than me so much better than me so yes that's funny. You know, Prius driving, you're very globally conscious. You know, I wish I didn't eat meat, but I do. Sure. You know, there's plenty of reasons to give it up, but you just, there is something to be said for how you were raised. And, you know, some of it is tougher than others to give up. Your PETA shirt stands for people eating tasty animals. <laughs> uh, more often than not, sadly. <laughs> Although, I, you know, I, I love what PETA does to an extent, but PETA goes too far also. Well, Brielle is uh, teaching a, a, a course of transy this year. And one of the books That's she awesome. had to read, yeah, it is. And one of the books she had to read was uh, Animals. Uh, some we love, some we hate, some we eat. And I'm not exactly sure. I'd love to hear her talk about it, but it's obviously a philosophical look at it. But it is weird when you think about the reverence that we hold for dogs in America. And there's places that eat dogs. Right. The reverence that we hold for horses. There's people that eat horses. We eat cattle, cows. India holds a reverence for the sacred cow. It's just you look around the world and the way we treat animals is, is a really interesting thing. It is pretty fascinating. Some we love, some we hate, some we eat. <laughs> That's pretty good. And it's amazing we haven't had either of your kids on the show yet. We, we should do that. Had a great encounter with your son. He bought you a couple drinks. Bought me a couple drinks. He does that. I didn't recognize him. Like, it That's wasn't what he that, said. I didn't recognize him so much as, like, I was with my wife. Like, you know, we were kind of aggravated about something. And, like, I just went to the bar to order, and I was just kind of tunnel vision. So, like, I may have seen him in the periphery, but, like, I wasn't really looking so for he approached people I you? knew. So, yeah, uh, he was at the bar with a really nice uh, girl, maybe girlfriend, maybe not. Uh, Kirby or Emma. There's a couple. Very athletic he's girl. He's got some friends. Yeah, Tall, he's athletic. In the athletic, he's in yeah. the athletic department at Eastern. So, yeah. Yeah. But, no, so I went up, and she was super nice, chatted with them both, and he bought me a drink. And then sent over a couple drinks to the table where I was sitting That's with cool. my wife. So. Yeah, because he told me so, he bought so you nice. bourbon. And yeah. I was like, what'd you get? And he said, Kentucky Tavern. I was like, Ray, that's a bourbon that has to be mixed. That's, <laughs> that is the rot gut, bottom of the barrel, $6 a bottle. You never get a shot for somebody. And I think he realized that and sent you like a lemon drop or a green tea or something like that. 
a shot uh, to follow up the lousy I, bourbon. He did shot. have something to follow yeah. it up. Yeah, I, I, I took it like a champ. But I will say, I have not had a bourbon of that quality probably since college. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. Yeah. But, but again, the thought is so thoughtful, <laughs> and you're so appreciative that somebody would think enough of you to buy you a shot. Yeah. You know, even if it's well, a quarter, get, like you know, thank the you whole so thing much. about being a call—that's what a call is. So he didn't call. He just said, "Can I get my friend two shots right. of bourbon?" So she. She obviously poured the cheapest shit in the house, <laughs> which it. is only made to be mixed with ginger ale. Well, and to or his credit, Coke. he said he asked me if I had a pick, and usually I'll go Maker's Mark because it's good enough, but usually not super. Maker's expensive. Mark solid, right? It's, just, it's like you know, it's a Jim Beam or something, and, right. and I was like, yeah, but I was like, well, I didn't want to pick because he was offering, and I didn't <laughs> want to. So and he said, just whatever you got, and I thought, and when she said, okay, we'll just do well, I thought, oh no, <laughs> I haven't done a well shot in many moons. Exactly, but and that's uh, the Kentucky Tavern is a rough one, yeah. yeah Makers is a great bourbon. We sell a lot of it at Galaxy. I think the the label or the name helps. You know, Patron moves because it's Patron. Gray Goose moves because it's Gray Goose. Makers Mark moves because it's Makers Mark. Yeah. And Jim Beam. People yeah. people are comfortable with what they know. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, you get something that's pretty good, you're going to stick Right. It. And it's, it's they're all pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Exactly right. Here's a kind of a ridiculous work story. And this happened just before I came out to record the podcast today. This is absolutely true. We do a lot of... Um, uh, marketing for Renfro Valley, which is a concert venue about 30 minutes south of us that gets a lot of, you know, you're not going to get Taylor Swift there, but you're going to get everybody that you thought was cool in the 90s. Right. Basically. Travis Tritt's you know, coming and George Jones. Oh, Uh-oh, is we got it a call. A span- oh, no, it's my wife. Oh, do you want to take it on air? Uh, no, <laughs> we better not do that. I'll text her. All right. So anyway, part of uh, what we do with Renfro Valley, we run commercials, we do ticket trades periodically, and we will, I will do some interviews of some of the folks that are coming, which is really cool for me because my heyday in country music when I was growing up was my mom making me listen to CMT, country music television. So I'm very familiar with all the, you know, the older acts that That's are cool. now touring and, and coming back. So, uh, uh, Pam Tillis's agent reached out to me oh, cool. a couple weeks ago. Um, you probably remember Pam Tillis. I a sure lot do. of a lot of big hits. If you're in the country music world, maybe I'll throw this interview on um, on the podcast at some point. That'd be neat. But uh, so her agent reaches out, says, "You know, what are your best times?" I said, "Usually Tuesdays and Thursdays are pretty good, 10 a.m. ish. Just you know, just let me know." And she she said, "Okay, well, let me get with Pam. I'll get back with you, and then we'll schedule this interview." So it was yeah, two weeks. Two weeks ago, she didn't respond to the point where I thought, okay, well, maybe they're just busy and not going to do the interview. So literally, I was walking out the door and I get a call from Nashville and uh, who the fuck is this? So I answer it. It's Pam Tillis just Ah, out of the blue. That's cool. And I didn't even realize it. And she was like, oh, we were supposed to do an interview. And I said, "Um, who is this? It's Pam. Oh, Pam Tillis? That's <laughs> funny. Like, well, yeah, she's like, this is the second phone number I've called, and, and I haven't been able to reach anybody. And I was like, well, we didn't have you scheduled, but if you'll just give me two minutes, I'll get in here and That's pull, pull up your media sheet and ask you some questions. But <laughs> she was a pro. She was super nice about it, and I even took the blame, so like her people on her team didn't get yelled at. I said, you know, it could have been something that went to spam or something, although it 100% was not. Um, but yeah, so I just jump in and do like a little 10 minute That's chat great. with Pam Tillis. So that was pretty fun. And That's funny. Yeah. So it's, you, you never know. That's the thing, I guess, about radio. You never know who's going to be calling you at any no, point. That's no, no, pretty no. wild. So Matt tells a story about, remember Jerry the King Lawler? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah so he was all that and wrestling in, you know, the 90s. 
Oh, he and kept calling him like Timmy or something, Ed, right? Ed Yeager. Because he wanted to, he always makes it like, hey, I've known these guys. I'm coming through town. How's my old buddy? And, you know, yeah. he had said Matt and he misunderstood <laughs> him. And now they're doing this live on air. He can't. Right. So it's, hey, Ed, how's my buddy? What's Ed over? Ed Yeager. So, uh, just living the dream. Jerry you know. the King. Yeah. yeah too funny. Uh, oh, hey, is. we got to thank um, Mike, the Rational Boomer. We, we're doing yeah. an, an ad swap with him now. So if you listen, if you like us, you'll love Mike. Uh, now, he is farther left than us. So if you're one of our lefty friends, you'll really get a kick out of uh, the Rational Boomer podcast. And if you're one of our righty friends, you don't have to get pissed at us anymore. You can get pissed at Mike. Yeah, just take out all your aggression on there Mike. There you go. Because he, he's a big, he likes to use the term Trumplafucks a lot. So he's, I think he may have coined that. Trumplafucks. as in the folks who are kind of ride or die with Trump no matter what. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, check out wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out Rational Boomer Podcast. He's going to – also, he's got a huge TikTok following, but uh, he's going to get us a commercial soon. So he's already got ours, and so he's he's playing that. So hopefully and, – and welcome if you have heard about us from Mike. We appreciate you Absolutely. listening. And, and hopefully – you know, we're probably not as far left as Mike is, but, again, hopefully you'll get, some, get something out of this as well. You think there's TikTok in our future? I've, I've done two to promote the show already. So we should do one together. And it's helped. I can't hurt. I mean, we did have a numbers bump after we started doing it. Yeah, and you've uh, you've gotten pretty good at uploading. Uh, that's what she said. <laughs> it's not rocket science. No, it's super easy. They've made this stuff pretty idiot proof. Yeah. Oh, well, it reminds me, just business talk now. But we should get. Uh, I think Troy wanted some pictures from uh, the oh, studio. Yeah. So we, we should shoot him. It's that. The only time I realize, which this should never be the case, but I realize how fucking fat I am when I see, <laughs> when I see pictures, man. <laughs> It's terrible, well, Tristan. Yeah, yeah. Pictures do ruin our inner uh, vision of ourself. That's for sure. Uh, so remember, I told you I was going to bring this book, and I'm not sure. Like, it's really quick little hits, right? Nice. So it's interesting facts for curious minds. I thought it would be more like paragraphs, but I mean, I could just give you an idea. Maybe we can get somebody to to sponsor it at some point. Um, I like it. We really See, should make more effort to have folks sponsor. So, like, stuff like this, like, I don't know if anybody would care, but according to the Oxford Big Data Institute, Glasgow, Montana, never heard of it, is located farther from a population center of 75,000 or more people than any town in the United States. Interesting. I guess that's interesting. I guess. Glasgow, Montana. You're out in bum fizzle. Nice. I don't know. Are these things interesting? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully some are. The Vikings established three settlements in Greenland in the late 10th century. Due to a combination of their isolation and global cooling, they were all gone by the early 16th century. Wow. Global cooling, huh? Yeah. Tucker Carlson wrote that book. <laughs> there you go. So I don't know if we're going to continue with this or not. Maybe <laughs> I can find the best ones by going through. How many of them? 1,572 random but mind-blowing facts about history, science, pop culture, and everything in between with a picture of Einstein and his head blowing off. Nice. Mind-blowing may be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, it could be a little bit of a stretch. Maybe now, like have you seen Paul Giamatti playing uh, Einstein, Einstein on the Verizon? On the, or is it, yeah, Verizon, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, He's such a great actor. Yeah, Giamatti is good. Because before that, he was Scrooge with Cicely Strong. Cicely Strong. Yeah, yeah. Cicely Strong. Yeah. yeah. He's a very attractive woman. 
Yeah, Cecily, nothing wrong with Cecily Strong. She'd been on. Now she's done. She quietly exited the last show before Christmas. SNL, yeah. Yeah, that's it. SNL, yeah. Yep. She and is I done. think their first new show is this coming Saturday. Yeah, back in just a couple of days. That's yeah. right. So you're yeah, still a fan. watcher, aren't you? Big watcher. Yeah, still watch. But you could watch the cold opening and you could watch and see if you like the musical guest and you could watch Weekend Update and probably that would be enough of the show. I don't know. See, I'm still. You like the bits? I'm, I'm, I'm good with all of it. Like I still now again, I, you know, some of the bits are terrible, but some good are bad, ones hit. But you could probably say that at any generation. You're oh, still, absolutely! In an hour and a oh, half show, you're still going to have two or three that people suck. forget some of the terrible bits That's that Belushi and Aykroyd remember, did. Sure, oh, absolutely. No, you're 100 percent right. So I think SNL's as good as it's always been. Yeah, probably so. And yeah. you will laugh at some of the bits. Some sure. of them are, and that there's shows you'll watch a whole show. Sometimes you're like, man, that was shitty. Yeah. But then sometimes you know, I think I'm trying to. Think of the comedian that hosted, and now he's been back a few times, but he was a writer on SNL. But his shows were just mind-blowingly hilarious. Who? Oh, what's that kid's name? He had a show, uh, John Mulaney. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Mulaney yeah. SNL loves him really because he did that show, Big Mouth. Well, he also, when he came back and hosted, it was after having lost a marriage and gone gone to a drug rehab yeah. and was pretty funny. I mean, he made he's, that he's funny. funny guy. If you can yeah. make that funny, you're pretty funny that's it yeah yeah and Chappelle who's one of my favorites but his anti-semitic opening monologue I was a little iffy on it was just it was kind of I don't know and I love Chappelle but I don't know I wasn't in love with the monologue and see my brother felt that way about Chappelle and Tommy loves him um with the he kept hitting the transgender thing and he said you know it was Dave Chappelle punching down yeah that he didn't need to do that so well, and I think, you know, we've just got to open ourselves up to conversations. Uh, you know, I think it's fine for Kanye West to hate individual Jewish folks in the music industry that he feels feels like may have given him an unfair deal at some point. But I think we've got to separate this mindset between, you know, all Jews or all blacks or all transgenders due to, you know, you've had a couple sure. that uh, it just doesn't make any sense That's because the there's problem. so many versions of every color or person. It just, you know, it. it it's just sad that people are still that small-minded. Yeah. yeah. But again, you know, comedy's comedy and reality's reality, but I think you've got to be cautious not to take comedy into a land of kind of garbage. And playing to particular stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know that I necessarily mind stereotypes as bad as, you know, stuff that seems like it could really lead to hatred or violence. Right. Or, True. So, yeah. True. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what the good segue from that is no. into the joke of the day, but... Oh, the joke of the day. I, yeah, I'm just, still trying to figure out if I should do any more interesting facts ever again. Uh, like I said, I'll I'm go fine through them. And I'm fine with the I'll interesting I'll go through facts. and see if hey, I can find Oh, I do like this one. Okay. Uh, oh, no, this isn't the one. Okay. It's, uh, I actually remember this one because I thought it was cute from Dad Jokes. The kid says to the teacher, Teacher, would you get mad at me for something that I didn't do? And she said, No, of course not. He said, Well, good. I didn't do my homework. <laughs> I thought that was cute. <laughs> nice. Pretty yeah, good. That's the taken from the good the bad and the terrible dad jokes very good so well, what i actually put together today is a sort of a dad joke story about a dad joke so okay. instead of doing a top 10 list or reading some of our reviews um so i'm a i like a little tj maxx and marshall's in my life i like you know when i go to to buy some clothes or whatever so How about bed bath and beyond not a big bed bath and beyond i was just yet. reading that the whole franchise is pretty much ready to go belly up I heard that also. They closed 190 stores last year. They're closing another 75. Isn't there one in Richmond? 
good question. If I don't not, know. certainly Lexington. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever been in one, really? but it was. I've been a time or two. And there's this, nothing wrong with them. I just don't have as so what I'm is their excited about specialty? It. Bed, bath, and beyond? Yeah. Uh, like bedroom. Anything you would bathroom. need for towels and sheets and sure. all that kind of yeah. stuff. And then some odd things. So Amazon putting them out? I don't know. I think Amazon probably is putting everybody out to, to a degree, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe bad business model on some level. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, more functional 10 years ago. I don't know. Right. You know, because you're definitely going to see a lot of business models change, um, you know, with Amazon and, and so many other things. If you're going to ha- have a brick and mortar, it's going to have to be pretty damn yes. great. Yes. But So anyway, it was at uh, Marshall's in London, Kentucky, uh, Saturday, kind of wandering around. And um, they have an aisle that's sort of like deodorants and colognes and condoms you know, no condoms sadly mm. no dildos either like unlike target yeah yeah, yeah. but uh, a lot and walmart like, apparently yeah there's a walmart section of yeah dildos. So, so we've heard so i'm checking out this marshall's island there's a, a young kid and an old guy there probably the kids 12 years old not you know super old guy but older than me probably in his 50s and he kind of he kind of whisper something to his kid and you know we're all sort of looking at the colognes and the little kid kind of smiles at him like okay dad whatever and could it have been grandpa dad or could grandpa? Have, yeah, yeah more than likely it was grandpa so i slide past the two of them to kind of get to the other side of the aisle and the guy goes you know what i just told him oh no Oh, Jesus. And I always get random people that kind of want to be my friend in public. So this is just an example of that. And uh, I said, oh, what'd you tell him? You know, and he goes, he he was down there looking at that old spice. I told him, where's the new spice? Oh, (laughs) so I gave him a little fake laugh. But I like in the mean, you know, I'm just imagining an an imaginary gun and just blowing my brain. Where's the new spice? After listening to the jokes I read, that was pretty good. So where's the new spice? Yeah, that's the that's the Berea Pond bad story about a a joke of the day. Um, (laughs) So yeah, thanks to Bad Wolf Gaming, Berea Pond. Hey, thanks to Frontport Studios and our our new uh, ad trade buddy, the Rational Boomer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and Troy. Yeah, of course, Troy. Yeah, and Troy. Front Porch Studios. All right, brother, we did it again. Yep, absolutely. We'll see you in a week or so. Let's do it again. Yes, sir. Later. Bye. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Tristan and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Hey guys, Tristan here from the Extreme Common Sense Podcast. You may notice Ray's not here because Ray's a lazy bastard. Just kidding, I love Ray, but he's not here. So nonetheless, Dan and Nasa with Bad Wolf Gaming, we appreciate your podcast support, and we hope if you're listening locally, you'll check them out at 711 Chestnut Street in Berea. They've got a full arcade with some gambling things, sort of. So check out the arcade. Check out Dungeons & Dragons, Yu-Gi-Oh! Magic. They're a great place to buy your cards. Don't miss out. Get into Bad Wolf today. Tell them Extreme Common Sense sent you. Hello. According to our research, you like podcasts. Well, if you have a passion, mission, or story, you should have your own podcast. And I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Front Porch Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.